You're listening to the Build Assets Online Podcast. Learn how you You. can build a diverse and sustainable income online from two brothers who actually do it. Now, here are your hosts, Mike and Joe. All right, here we are, everyone. Joe, Mike, and Joe, Build Assets Online. You're outnumbered today, Mike. Two Joes. What are you going to (laughs) do? It's a great name. The reason that we have a third party here today is because we are doing an interview with another successful Build Assets Online student. We haven't done these interviews in a while, but I feel like this is going to be uh, Build Assets Online Success Week because we got a lot of them lined up and um, we're really excited about it. So I just want to take it back for a second and we're going to get right into Joe's story and all that because Joe was a student of ours um, a while back. I don't know the exact timeframes and we hadn't heard from him in a while. I think he joined maybe the monthly package when we offered it. But anyway, we hadn't heard from him in a while. And then I get an email maybe a couple weeks ago sent, and the subject was thank you. And uh, I'm just going to read the email if that's all right with you, Joe. Is that all right? Go for it. All right. Mike and Joe, I'm a former student of yours, and I just want to let you know that after I started High Ticket Dropshipping about a year ago, my store is doing six figures in monthly revenue, which you told us recently was 10 to 20K in, in profit. Um, 2021 is very frustrating trying to get it figured out, but I've learned so much from a year in business and can't wait to keep scaling it. Look forward to your land course as well, which we could, uh, we could talk about that after the, um, after the stream, but, um, or after the, the recording, but yeah, that was definitely a great email to get. And I think it's really reflective of, you know, kind of the process of this whole thing or any online business, because there's really only so much that, we could put into a video format, you know, the, the getting out and the learning and the doing it yourself is when a majority of the the leaps and the progress is going to come. And that's kind of like a natural evolution. So that was a great email to get and um, great to have you on the show. Well, it's good to be here guys. And uh, yeah, I just, the last few months have definitely felt uh, quite a bit of gratitude just for the last year. Um, just because, like I said, 2021, like getting it on its feet was extremely uh, frustrating because um, you know, we, you know, I'll, I'll tell my story with it, but um, yes, please do. It just, it, just, it really was not seeing results, uh, the results that I was expecting it to see for, you know, the better part of the first year of it. Um, I guess I, I should explain how I, how I got into it. Um so I came across you guys in like the fall of 2020 because um, like I I have the same story as probably many of your students like uh, working a sales job, which I still work a nine to five right now. Um, and until I see a level of consistency uh, with with e-commerce, which I'm starting to, um, that's when I'll, you know, ultimately do that full time. But um, you know, working from home with the pandemic lent itself to a lot of extra spare time and a lot of, uh, you know, wondering what could I be doing since I have access to the internet? Um, and what could I do with a little money? Because, um, I'm a, I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Um, and for whatever reason, my algorithm started showing me a bunch of different e-commerce people, um, that were preaching their courses, uh, like, showing a bunch of crazy success stories. Um, but like I was mentioning to you guys, um, at first it was, it was kind of hard to figure out like where to even start, what kind of e-commerce to do. Cause there are so many different avenues you can go. Um, and I came across you guys, uh, on, on YouTube, the YouTube algorithm brought me to you guys. Um, and, you know, like you've preached so many times, if you're just getting started in e-commerce, the the model of high ticket drop shipping just makes so much sense as far as being quick cash flow, um, not leading, not needing a ton of capital to get started. Um, and you know, you got you guys have done it for a long time. I don't need to explain it to you, but um, I yeah. So I joined I joined the BAO course. Um, I think in like December of 2020. Uh, formed my LLC in January, uh, and from there just started building my my store. Um, 
And it's, it's hard to know like where to even begin describing the mistakes that I made along the way with it. Um, and, and so stop me wherever you want to ask a question, but. So when did that first sale come in? Do you remember that moment? Um, yeah, so it was, um, it was actually accidental and kind of an error, uh, because I got everything ready to go. I was ready to go live, uh, with my Google ads account and with Google merchant center. Um, and one of my products, uh, which for my supplier was actually out of stock, but I didn't know that, um, was bought immediately, not even from a Google ad, but from like free Google listings. And it was like minutes after I like pressed the go button. Um, I was like, Oh man, th- here it goes. Oh, no. <laughs> then, Press the go button on your, uh, your Google ads you're saying. Yeah. Google ads, but it wasn't even from the ads. It was right. Right. From, right. It was from just free Google listings. Right. Um, and it was like 600 bucks um, for like a, like a shed. Oh man, um, here we go. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was from a supplier who is notorious for, uh, for back order problems um, with really bad margins anyway. And so ultimately uh, I had to reach out to the customer and tell them that I was going to have to refund them. So um, how far along was this that you finally hit, um, you know, the go button on the ads. You said you bought the course in December. It was, oh. I, it was too long. Honestly, it was like, it was like May. Um, oh, okay. yeah. Um, the, cause the difficult part again, like I work a full-time job. Um, and so just finding the proper time to do this, I mean, it was just a lot of late evenings, um, setting everything up, but I think, I, to a fault, I wanted everything to be perfect and like all products populated uh, before I I pressed the go button. Um, when you know, in hindsight, I really wish that I would have just uploaded twenty of them, uh, press the go button, and see what happens. Just so I could you know start pivoting from there. And that's something we really preach to a lot of our students. And the perfection thing, like, I want to talk about that for a little bit because. It's something that I think um, a lot of people get caught up in, like, and it's it's definitely a trait of you know smart people get caught up in this too. They they you know have had success like in school and stuff, studying and, and doing all these things to go the extra mile and and try and make things perfect. But when you don't know how something actually works, the longer it takes you to actually get into that process and see what works in the real world. The, it's just going to create a detriment. Mike, I would actually say that I know it's a trend that I think our, our smartest students, they're the ones that get caught up in this the most. Yeah. They're the ones that do this the most because I guess, I guess, you know, in the real world and school and other things, like a lot of preparation is always, um, is always a good thing. But when you have your own business and they're really, it, it's all uncharted territory. So there's really not, there's no, you can't do preparation for everything. And like seeing how it works inside is really the only way. Yeah. So Joe, I mean, do you feel like, how long do you think it would have taken you to get things set up? Um, Say if you weren't doing that or, you know, like the general timeline, say for someone to go from. Knowing, knowing, knowing what I know now, uh, it it would take me a week and a half. Yeah. Um, You know, if that just, it's so much like everything at first seems so daunting because there's there, you know, being brand new to it, there's so many steps in the process that need to take place. And then people actually need to buy your stuff yep. um, after all of those steps take place. And that's the most important one. Um, but knowing what I know now, it would, you know, it would take a couple of weeks to erect a new store most likely. Um, Cause the biggest, the, you know, I'll, I'll try to touch on all of the the really big major mistakes that I made um, just getting this thing to where it's at now. Um, the first, the first mistake that I made was, was choosing too broad of a niche. Um, so Sorry, my, I'm this, this thing, the joke, the banner, <laughs> sorry, keep going. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to, 
I won't disclose my specific niche that I have now, but I'll, you know, I'll talk about my, my initial niche was like broad outdoor, probably what you hear all the time. Um, it was like, uh, greenhouses, expensive fire pits, uh, sheds, raised garden beds, a lot, a lot of them you guys had actually talked about on your YouTube channel. Um, and so my, you know, the thought process was I'll just cast this large net and see what works. Um, but the problem that I ran into was that I didn't come across as an authority for any of those specific niches. Um, but after a few months or after a couple months, uh, I did begin to notice that one of the sub niches, if you will, within the broad outdoor niche was selling more than the others. Um, and so I ended up pivoting to only that, um, changed the domain name, um, changed everything about my store to only be that. Um, and I still wasn't seeing great results. Um, and I'm trying to think of the best way to describe the timeline of events. So this is like June of last year. Um, I, I made so that's, that's only a month after that first sale then. Yeah. So um, it's relatively quick to, you know, make that decision and pivot. Yeah. Because right. um, I just, you know, I didn't have a ton. I didn't have like a huge budget for this. So it's like this has to start working soon. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have to think of a plan B here. Um, and but I, I made the fatal error of hiring logical position to run my <laughs> ads for a few months. Oh, my like God. The perfect points of what a, a typical student does, like <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, so, keep going. Sorry this is this is getting real now. If you could yeah. just yeah, I'll, keep going. Yeah. So so I thought because like I mentioned to you guys, shout out Gia. Um, I've stayed friends with Gia, and I you know I was friends with her uh, really early on, and she's doing like six figures right off the bat, and. And so I'm seeing that and I'm doing like, I'm not, I'm lucky to get a sale like every two weeks. Um, and I'm like, well, okay, what, what the hell is that? Um, and so I thought, I don't know what I'm doing with my ads. Uh, and they actually reached out to me, logical position. They gave me a cold call, uh, talked me into it. Um, and so I signed up with them for several months and, um, you guys know uh, the downsides of working with an agency. They don't understand your business. They don't understand your products. Uh, they don't know which project, which products you get the best margins on. Um, any any change you want to make to your ads takes like a couple of days because you have to request that they do this, and then it's everything about it is a mistake. And no nobody should hire an ads agency unless they're like you know, a Samsung or something like that, even then. Yeah. Um, but um, the, so that, that was one of the mistakes. Um, but the, the bigger or equally as big of a mistake that I was making was my, my website design was just really shitty. Um, am I allowed to swear on here? Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sweet. Um, and so like I said, I stayed friends with Gia and we would, you know, we, we still stay in touch to this day. Um, and I, it came to a point last, this is July now. Um, I'm working with Logical Position. I've pivoted to my, my niche, which I still have today, but I'm still not getting sales and I can't figure it out. Um, so I told Gia, I need you to spend like a half hour on my site and I need you to just shit on everything that's wrong with it. Like be, be absolutely merciless about everything that's wrong with my site. And that, that right there was, was the most valuable turning point for the business because, um, she, she came back a half hour later and she's like, uh, your layout is shitty. Um, it's confusing. If you land on a product, on a product page, you're, uh, for the, for the niche that I do, the, the products are kind of complex um, and they require like different electrical specs. Um, and if you're for a lot of the people shopping, 
Um, a, my demographic it is quite a bit older. Um, so no disrespect to them, but they're like the using a computer is just not second as second nature to them as it is to younger people. Um, so the a the product pages were confusing. My branding was it didn't look good. Ugly colors, um, no real distinct like brand to it. Um, and she just gave me this whole laundry list of everything that was wrong with it. But the biggest one was simplifying my product pages, um, making clear bullet points at the very top of the page of what the customer needs to know. Um, and, and from there, over the course of two days, I did 20,000 in revenue. Wow. That's crazy. And that's, you know, that's one of those things where I feel like, how can someone convey that to you? Like as us, as people that are teaching the course, we try and convey that to that kind of stuff to people in broad terms, but it's difficult to convey that specific message based on your specific demographic and your specific product lines. Yeah. So, you know, if you're doing this, and I, I always say like, as part of our, one of our items on our checklist of what you should do, you should always be looking at your website you should have friends and family be looking at your website on multiple different devices and like asking them, like asking, because when you're editing your website yourself on desktop, you know, the products, you know, everything, how it looks to you is totally different than how it might look to another person. To a newcomer. Yeah. 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 So we offer a boomer test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but okay. So number one, shout out Gia, but number two, do you feel like um, that, change was a hundred percent the cause of that 20,000 like spike. oh yeah I mean it it, was too, much, it was too much of a coincidence to it for it to have not been um because I mean the this was like late July that I spent three days just reinventing my entire website basically again um yeah you know, new new brand colors more colors that were more like like I wouldn't necessarily have chosen them, but they look like a very reputable brand color. Right. Um, like I was making the mistake of choosing things that I thought looked nice, but that's you like you should choose like the branding is, is I think way more important than people realize sometimes, at least in my opinion, um, like just setting everything up to look professional and like reputable brand and, you know, using like distinct colors like that. It really does go a long way. Um, because yeah. the following month I did 60,000 in revenue. And so how many products did you have on the website at this point? Because you said that you pivoted to one particular product type. So I don't know if you're saying like, it was like legit one product type, or if it was just like a yeah. more specific subset of a niche, which may contain, you know, three, four, more, five more specific types. subset of a niche, of a, of a niche. Um, okay. yeah. So you know, I probably, I probably have like 250 products on my website. Okay. Um, I work with seven suppliers. Okay. Um, and as far as working with suppliers go, I've kind of maxed that out for the time being. Um, just cause a lot of them only sell direct to consumer, um, that I've reached out to not, not a lot work with, uh, drop shipping. Um, so yeah. Have you, you know, reached over, back out to them like post, uh, you know, six figure months and just basically said, Hey, like I'm selling all your competitors and yeah, I, over time I will, um, for some of them, again, my, the product type that I sell, and I can tell you guys about it after we get off here. Um, it requires, um, kind of specialized installation, um, for, for certain types of them or for certain suppliers and they only, some suppliers will only sell to certified installers. Gotcha. Um, so that's, that's kind of a barrier that I run into with it. Um, but the margins are really good for the, for the niche that I'm in. So um, mm -hmm. that's why I've kind of stuck with it. So, I mean, so far the mistakes have been going too broad and not paying enough attention, attention to website design. Mm -hmm. But I do want to talk about the broad thing a little bit more because this is something Joe and I have, discussed heavily with our students recently and we're going to actually be doing um a more in-depth thing about this but this is like one of the most common mistakes that i see because i i think we developed a name for ourselves a little bit by telling people to go more broad than is typically recommended 
but people take this to the total opposite end of the spectrum where they just go way, way too broad. And so like what we would typically recommend when you're starting out, especially is no more than four product types that are related. And so you, when you said you narrowed down, you still wound up with, like you said, three to five product types in a, in a subset of a name. So, and seven suppliers, which is more than enough. What people typically do that I see that have these problems where maybe they don't have, they don't have enough authority. They're having trouble making sales is because they just do a bunch of little things. They kind of skim from the top of a bunch of niches. So they're getting the worst suppliers. They have too many suppliers and it's too small of a budget. So they can't test the suppliers and then they have no idea what's wrong. Yeah. It's, I call it a shiny object syndrome because that's definitely what I had. Like I would, you know, researching different niches because I, it was too hard for me to make a decision on one and just stick with it. Um, you know, I would come across, oh, there's another one that I can do. Might as well add them to the docket and reach out to some suppliers there. Um, but yeah, definitely led to several months of wanting to pull my hair out and uh, yeah. not a lot of sales. Well, it's good that you made that decision kind of on your own to pivot and niche down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, as far as authority, do you f- do you feel like changing your domain name? I guess it's hard to tell with all the things you did, but do you feel like changing your domain name had a big impact? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's hard to say like which one thing changed it all, but, um, but yeah, I mean, changing everything to the niche that I have now, um, you know, the color scheme, the, um, just like the customer testimonials, the everything on the website, just completely geared towards this. Um, Mm-hmm. It, and, and now I'm thinking back on it. It's like, that is such, that's, that's like one one That's such an obvious uh, mistake that I was making. But at the time it was hard to see that. Well, I think the, the idea of like having a super niche down domain name, I don't fully agree with it because obviously mm-hmm. you look at companies like Wayfair, Home Depot, you know, all the big names are not super niche down, even like barbecue guys which is a, you know, a huge e-commerce store, like yeah. billion dollar plus, they're not that niche down. And someone is not, someone's not going to hesitate to buy, you know, um, a non barbecue product from barbecue guys, just because their name is barbecue guys. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's, sure. um, a, a, there's levels to that. There's a balance to be found for sure. Um, cause yeah, like again, I'll I'll talk I'll tell you guys specifically what I sell after this, but um the I I chose a domain name to where it allows me to it's a lot of different product types and a lot of different avenues that I could go down with it. So like your new one. The new one, the current yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah th- there's definitely a balancing act with with that. And um I yeah, think on our yeah, in our course and in our we're actually doing it today. We're recording this right now, but later today inside of the elite fleet for the members we're going to be revealing uh two of our old sites and one of the big things we're going to be discussing is the domain the product types and the theory behind all that to actually give people like an example of of what to go off of because there is a balancing act in a broad versus a niche down domain and i don't know if you saw the stream we did but we did a stream where we compared uh bbqguys.com versus bidetking.com and um, see that stream. yeah, that's, I mean, those are two really, really good examples of what we're talking about. Cause BBQ guys, they sell outdoor kitchen stuff, outdoor refrigeration, outdoor vent hoods. I mean, obviously barbecue stuff. They sell fire pits, umbrellas, patio furniture. Whereas bidet King, what do they sell? Just bidets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, at this point, okay, you've you've made all the changes. You're you did sixty thousand in revenue. Do more mistakes keep happening? Uh, yeah, kind Where of. Go? Um, so, um, at this point, I'm still working with uh, uh, logical position. Um, there's logical running... position that gave you the sixty thousand in sales, the twenty thousand revenue bump. Yeah, well, they they didn't have anything to do with it, um, <laughs> frankly. Uh, 
but yeah, I worked with them for like another month and a half, and then I then I cut it off with them just because uh, I couldn't justify continuing to spend that amount of money on them. Um, and I I will say the one the one positive thing that I got from logical position was I guess learning my own Google ads a little more in depth um, and figuring out just how to make campaigns effectively. Um, but again, the problem with using them is that they're not, they don't have a vested interest in my business the way that, that I do. Um, and again, there's delays in asking them to change things. Uh, and ultimately they just, they can't under, they'll, they'll never be able to understand my own business the way that I do. Um, so yeah, it was frustrating because I had like I did like sixty thousand in August, and then it was like twenty for the month of September, um, and and that's when I left logical position. And you know, I was right back to being like, man, is this actually is this going to work out? Um, and it wasn't until like in o- October it was even worse. Um, for my product niche, it's it's outdoor, so it's seasonal. Um, and what helped a lot was I switched all of my ads to the Southern States come like November. Um, so only, only the Southern States were seeing my ads. And, um, I also increased my ad budget a little bit and I significantly increased the amount I was bidding on my ads. And that, that was the biggest change that led me to where I'm at today. Um, like that was the kind of the biggest revelation for me uh, to see what was actually missing. Like I wasn't spending, I wasn't spending or I wasn't bidding enough. Um, and once I started bidding enough, um, that's when my conversion rate, you know, tripled on, on my site. So can you go into that a little bit more? Um, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. So you're, you were not in the elite fleet at this point. You just had the, the course. Uh, uh, yeah. I was a lone wolf. Um, okay. But like, how are you figuring these things out? And, um, well, um, so like logical position, their thing was always, we do not want to spend like, they were so, so conservative with bids and, um, like they, they were hesitant to raise bids from a dollar to a dollar 10. And, and like they, they saw that as an aggressive leap. Um, when I started seeing results, uh, that's was, it was when I switched my bids to like three to $4 a click. Um, and then immediately I I started seeing sales come in like consistently. Um, and it hasn't really stopped since then. Um, so that's, um, yeah, I'd say that was it in a nutshell. Like, so can I ask how much you were spending at this point? Mm-hmm. Like, do you recall in terms of um, how much you were spending in ads a particular month compared to the amount of revenue you would bring in? Yeah. So thinking back, this is November. I guess I'll go September, October. Um, it was like $90 a day for September and October, like low bids. Um and then November came around and I was like, I'm just going to try being aggressive with it for like a week and see what happens. And so I upped my budget to 200 a day or like 150 a day, uh, raised my bids, like doubled them basically. Um, and like literally my conversion rate doubled or tripled. Um, mm. And so at that, yeah. So like for November and December, I was spending... Um, probably like 160 a day. Um, in November, I did like 60,000. December, I did 60,000. But then January uh, was up to 70. Um, and then February up until now, it's been right around 100,000 every month. Um, and I'm, the same I'm, budget. I'm spending about, I'm definitely spending a lot more on ads now, probably closer to 350 a day. Okay. I guess so that's about 10,000 a month. And so, yeah. you know, in 
our course. And it, when we talk to students, we typically like to advise at least like a 10 X return on ad spend. So mm-hmm. if you're going to spend 10,000 a month, if you're bringing in a hundred thousand in profit or sorry, a hundred, a hundred thousand in revenue, then that's like kind of the, the minimum spot you want to be at to, you know, gauge you're, you're in a good place. Um, you said you have good margins. So Maybe yeah, if I didn't have the margins I had, I would really be not spending what I spend on ads. Um, yeah. yeah, but it, you know, it's still not perfect. Like the operation is still not perfect with with ads because the most puzzling thing to me to this day, and I like all vent to Gia about this like once a month, like I'll have two weeks where I'm getting, you know, two to three sales a day. Um, and you know, my margin is like 30 to 40%. Um, but I offer discounts. So it's a little less than that. Um, and, but then I'll have like a whole week where it's like, I'll go five days without an ad to cart. And I'm like, what's going on guys? What, what, what changed? And that's, that's what I still can't totally figure out with the monster that is Google. Um, cause I, like I use the lucky orange app if you guys are familiar with it. Um, and that's, I mean, that, I think it's awesome. Like that's kind of how I just track how everything is doing. Um, but almost to a fault because I, I definitely have a fault of measuring it on a daily basis versus a weekly or a monthly basis. And it, it's, uh, makes me a little impatient sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, So what were you going to say? I was just going to comment on lucky orange. It's not that important. You probably have something more valuable to say. Well, now I kind of lost my train of thought, but I want I wanted to talk to you more about ads because mm-hmm. you're saying you know you raise your bids, you raise your bids significantly, and then all of a sudden your conversion rate doubled and all these things. And so, having not talked to you like like we do most of our students, um, I'm assuming you're doing things like the campaign structure we recommend with like the branded and non-branded and stuff like that. Yeah, it's still segmented that way. Um, I will say for my particular niche, um, the non-branded is what gets by far the most conversions and very rarely is there, um, are there conversions from the branded campaigns. But again, that's, it's just because of the particular niche that I'm in. I think, I think if I were to be in, um, I'm just trying to think of another arbitrary need. If I was in something else, it might be different. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but my ads are still structured the way that you guys recommend. Um, well, I would like to take a look at them because I, I have, I have some questions, but, uh, there, there could be reasons why a branded, uh, campaign doesn't work as well. There are instances where a generic campaign just does better. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's a great thing because it's just a bigger keyword pool to go after. But, um, yeah, there could be reasons I, for that. I think most of the time. Um, it's just because my demographic doesn't, it, they don't know how to shop for this stuff. And so they're just Googling it, I guess, like they don't, they're not familiar with the brands. Um, and so they'll just kind of click on the ads that are, that show up at the top of the page. Well, I'd be happy to give you, um, a free ads call. I, at some oh point. I'm, really, I'm really interested in seeing the account and just, um, that would be, to- that would be extremely valuable. I think. Yeah. I, I think there's, cause we, we talk with students who are in similar positions, um, you know, six figures consistently. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at their account, like just having a second pair of eyes sometimes lets you see things that you may have not been aware of. Um, Definitely. But I'm just interested for myself to like, see what, what the full story is. Cause you can look at one level, like, okay, this campaign's doing better than this one, but it can go, deeper than that. And so, uh, I don't want to get too technical on this call and, you know, yeah, no, I, I would, I would love to sit down with you though and, and walk through that. Um, I think that would be extremely cool. helpful. Yeah, we'll do it. Awesome. So Joe lucky orange. I think the other Joe is really covering all the bases of like all the things we did in the beginning on our, on our first store. You know, you have the lucky orange, you have the logical position. You have, a, <laughs> you know, we never had an issue where, our store was like entirely too broad. Um, frankly, that was something that we saw later with like our students because we kind of stumbled into the uh, the Goldilocks niche yeah. store. Like 
after we had been too niche down. Well, Mike, let me ask you this. Um, I feel like the store we just sold, that one I feel like was kind of scraping the territory of it had a lot of stuff which was like perfect in the Goldilocks situation, but then it kind of veered off broad into other like weird categories. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Um, but that store didn't have it had it had its own set of issues, but it wasn't an issue of hard to get sales and like issues with the the ad account and like We're, figuring right. that out. But I'm saying that so, if if we had some of those kind of random product categories and the store was designed to be more niche down to those categories. Um, so I'll just give an example, like with that being too, but we had like, st- we had all sorts of, you know, crazy typical home stuff. And then we had like some stuff for, for pets. So I feel like in, yeah. based on, you know, based on this conversation today, if the store was more niche down to pets, I'm not saying it would have been a better store, but I think we could have absolutely sold more of the pet stuff if the, the site was designed around that. Now, it's not to say we didn't sell that stuff on that store, but I'm saying if it was more focused, you could probably get more sales. Right. And that's a good point. As far as like distribution of what was selling, it really was not even. And there were things that kind of uh, wouldn't get a lot of attention. It would get a lot of sales just because you have a limited budget and there's only so much you could pay attention to. So, yeah, like we had pet stuff, but we never really sold it. But by contrast, yeah, if we had a store that was entirely for pets and, you know, horses, we're selling horse jackets, we're selling horse dewormer, I don't know, you, there, yeah, I'm sure those things would have sold if there was more attention put on them and more ad budget put on them. That's what I have to say about that. Not with that one, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so Joe, uh, blonde Joe with hair, at this point, 2022 is where, where we're at. You're doing hundred K revenue. Are you still making mistakes or do you just feel like you're at a level of trying to figure out the consistency of the, of the Google machine? Uh, the latter for sure. Cause I, I know it's, I know it's capable of doing like 200 K a month. Um, Cause like I see, I see the interest from customers um, and I know I'm getting high intent traffic, but then again, like there every month there will be like a week where it's just absolute garbage traffic and it's like night and day. Um, and when it, you say garbage traffic, are you saying just the traffic isn't converting all, or you're, you're noticing a difference in the actual keywords you're showing up for? It, it, more the um, traffic's not converting and not only are they not converting they're again, I have a fault of still paying attention to lucky orange, but I can like, you can see how long they spend on your website. Yeah. Um, and so there'll be a week where it's like 90% of the people that land on the site are spending like five seconds and then they're, they're out of there. <laughs> um, and so that, that's kind of the thing that I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to avoid at least a little bit more. Um, Cause I like, I know for a fact that, uh, this store could could be doubling the revenue that, that it's doing now. Um, right. So just figuring out how to get to that point. Cool. Cool. So at this point, how proficient do you feel with drop shipping or with Google ads? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a totally different person with it than I was a year ago. Um, and I feel like if I were to do it again, it would, I mean, it would go way quicker and way better the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not at the level that you guys are, but, um, you know, it's with the margins I get in this niche, um, I feel like I've been kind of spoiled by them to a degree and it would, it would be hard to go to a niche where I'm getting lesser margins. But I, um, I think, um, I guess as far as like what's next, I, I don't know if I have the emotional capacity to open another drop shipping store at, at the moment, but uh, just because of the ups and downs with it, but um, I, I am very interested in in uh, the land course and uh, land flipping. What's what's your SEO situation? Um, you doing that at all? I mean, I was looking actually. I was looking. So you haven't been inside our course in a year, and I feel like there's a lot of new stuff that you 
I'm especially sure in, in the SEO yeah. section that you may have missed out on. Yeah, um, SEO bare minimum, honestly. Um, it's probably what gets the least amount of attention uh, from from me, um, yeah. which I know I, I I know the value of SEO, um, but it's just because our main store right now. I mean, it gets more organic traffic than than it does paid traffic, and so that's, that's how long did it take to get to that point? Well, much like you. Uh, you know, if I could do it again, if I do it, uh, knowing everything I know now, it would probably take like a year, but it probably yeah. took like two or three because I didn't really, you know, know that much what I was doing. But for but sure, yeah, I think if you <clears throat> if you have good margins and you're sticking with that, I mean, you should stick with that store based on what you're what you're saying. But that's, yeah. I think, the best logical next step because, you know, you have these great products, you know, you have suppliers that you've got good relationships with. Um, you know, it's time to, I think, get more of that high intent traffic without the ads. Now I think that's going to give you a big boost. Yeah. I will say with SEO, I, um, and you know, I'm sure the course could, could clarify a lot of it for me. A lot of, like, it's hard to know like where to even start with it. Um, because I only, you know, since I still work a full-time job, I, there's only so much time in the day. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's kind of hard to know where to start. Um, and that's really the biggest thing. I, I almost feel kind of aimless. Like when I search Fiverr for SEO gigs, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't yeah. want to do that. The good thing about the way we teach how to do our SEO strategy inside the course now is it's, I mean, it's not hands off, but it's way more hands off than like calling suppliers. Like once you see the step-by-step -step, it's it's the, the, the work itself is outsourceable, if that makes sense. For sure. So yeah, that's uh yeah. But I think you should give yourself some credit because you said you made your first sale in May of 2021, right? So it's been less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, May right I, now? we are, so it's been about a year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy with, with where it's at right now, but um, I just, I'm not satisfied at all with where it's at yet, which I guess is a good thing. Um, and, and again, I, I guess the goal maybe for this year is to have at least one month where it, it either gets close or touches 200 K in revenue. Um, Cause I, I know it's more than capable of doing that. I just need to figure out uh, how to not have weeks where it goes five days without a single sale. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you can get there just based off talking to you right now. And um, again, we have be happy to help you out with that. But um, yeah, I mean, getting to 100K revenue after a year is is nothing to sneeze at, quite frankly. And so I think you should be, you know, proud of where you're at. And um, I think it's just a big testament to number one, high ticket dropshipping. You're going to make mistakes, but even through those mistakes, you still can stumble through them and create profit and create again, a, a nice asset for yourself. And number two, you can get to a point where you're making a decent amount of money and you're like, wow, I still haven't even figured this all out. Whereas yeah. some other business models where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of, of upside there, but it requires just such an expert level that the majority of people are not going to be able to get there because they'll just lose motivation if they don't see results you know, until they hit a certain uh, level of expertise. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys have talked about it like in the course and on here before, but the mindset is so important. Like, um, you know, I, it, to me, failure was not an option with this because um, I kind of, I've, I learned very early on. I'm only a few years out of college, but I, I learned very early on that I don't want to work for corporate America. Um, and, you know, I still am, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting much closer to the point where I don't have to anymore. Um, and so I, I, you know, I ate shit for the first six months of this thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, staying friends with Gia was, was huge and, um, kind of relying on her advice and, you know, just looking for ways to improve, improve the website and improve the business. That's well, Joe, Joe, let me ask you a question. When, when you said you ate shit, now, did you literally do that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But what exactly does that mean? Because 
Uh, I wasn't, I I wasn't profitable. How much money did you actually lose? Um, I mean, for, at the time it felt like it was only like a few thousand. Um, but for me at the time, like that was my budget. And so it's like, I wasn't even making it back or I was barely breaking even. Um, right. I just wanted to ask that because in comparison to almost any other business model you're going to do online, I mean, you made your mistakes, whatever, mm-hmm. but you lost a couple thousand dollars. Any other business model online I could think of is the possibility for you to get where you are going just after losing a couple thousand dollars. Like it doesn't exist. If you're doing low ticket drop shipping, you're going to lose and say you are one of the very few people that has some great success with it. You're going to lose way more than $3,000. That's for sure. And it's going to yeah. take you a lot of time to, to figure that out because you're trying to create demand for a product that doesn't have built in demand. All the products you're selling have built in demand. People know they want whatever you're selling, whether they know they want the brand or whatever they know they want. They've researched that they figured it out. They need it. They want it. They got to have it. Um, and then, I mean, and content building niche sites, how much are you going to spend in content before you start getting a return on that content spend? You're going to spend a few thousand and how much do we spend? quite a bit, quite a bit. I mean, it, it could take a year to start seeing even some returns for, for content investments. If you're doing affiliate marketing or ads or whatever. So yeah, I guess I can't, I can't think of anything else where, eating shit is not that bad. I can't think of any other situation. For sure. I, I guess I would say it was at the time it was very discouraging um, yeah. for, for several months because I was seeing um, again, how Gia was doing and that's how I was comparing myself to. And, I, and you got up to like 300,000 in revenue one month. And I'm just like, what, like what the hell is wrong with me? Um, Maybe because she was in the elite fleet. That's, that, that's very true. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, like I mentioned to Joe before this, I left the elite fleet just cause, uh, I needed to, I was still paying monthly. Um, and at the time I just, oh, needed, uh, I, I yeah, needed, we, we seemed to, we had like a monthly package back then where it was like mm-hmm. the course was like, a, like I think you were paying two ninety nine per month for everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I just had to, I had to conserve funds at the time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll t- We'll see if we can help you out after the call. We'll, we'll chat. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess one thing I forgot to mention to you guys, I am. Um, I don't think anyone should ever hire an agency to run their ads because the ads are, are the most, they can be the most detrimental. It, that is the business basically, um, at least as you're starting out. Um, but I, I am working with an agency that's content writing for me, which, and I'm, I'm actually having a very positive experience with them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. You just said you're working with an agency that's doing content writing, but yeah. what's your SEO? Do you have your SEO strategy in place? Cause that, I mean, those it's two- not, uh, it's not SEO, it's email and SMS marketing. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Um, and I, it's going to take a couple more months to really start seeing return, but I am slowly starting to see return from it. Um, and so as long as I break even with it, um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Well, what, what exactly are they doing for you in terms of email and SMS? Yeah. Like, they, with like an email sequence. Or just um, so they, they come out with like weekly campaigns for me. Um, me, me personally, um, I'm not creative with, uh, like content email marketing. And even if I was, I'm knowing myself, it, I wouldn't dedicate enough time to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at least for a few months, I'm just having them build campaigns with my branding, my like manner of speaking. Um, and I mean, that, that's essentially what it is. Um, and so it's automated email campaigns and text messages and, uh, different flows and it's it's way more way way more than what I was doing before in Clavio. so um, at the very least I'm going to have them for a few months and then that stuff will still be in my Clavio account um, yeah. and I guess I'll just keep it at that point but how big is your email list uh probably only like 500 okay um, because again I like for the last year or so, I wasn't giving any attention to it really at all. 
Um, and the only time, like I tried privy pop-ups um, and then I would like delete them because I felt like they were just pissing people off. Um, and then eventually these guys convinced me that I should just have one on there because every e-commerce site does. And at the very least I get someone's email. Um, Cause up until this point, I've really only been getting emails from abandoned carts or uh, you know, someone that actually purchases. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it works out. I mean, in my opinion, your email list is kind of small to be doing something like that, but at least it'll stay there for, you know, the, the immediate future. Once you start to get to like, 5,000, 10,000, mm-hmm. then um, that's, I think, when you can see significant results through, like, an email campaign. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, during, uh, like, earlier periods of our website development, we would always do email campaigns. We had, like, smaller lists. And then we'd be like, why do we do, what, what's the point of this? It's like, we're sending sending it out to basically no one. But, uh, yeah, you know, it works on, like, I Black know. Friday and, like, stuff like that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, if I get one sale from it a month, I break even for the like depending on the product. Yeah. But um, so I'm just giving it a try and seeing how it goes. But at the very least, I'm actually putting content out and, and coming across as a reputable brand. Yeah, at least it'll stay there. But yeah, yeah you almost made Joe have a aneurysm when you talked about having people write content. And not doing <laughs> so. Yeah. Well. We got to move on to our next success story interview. Uh, again, recorded. We're going to do a live one later today, but it was great to have you on, Joe. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, appreciate it, you guys. Know, thanks for emailing. I just realized I didn't answer one of your emails. We're like pretty bad with the email. We're like not taking our own advice and outsourcing it, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's easy to miss emails. Um, Makes sense. But anyway, um, thanks again, Joe, for coming on the show. Any any final words? Do you, want, do you want to like shout out your Twitter or something? Uh, don't have Twitter anymore, but uh, shout out <laughs> Joe Vershur on Instagram. Uh, what can they find that you do in there? Uh, very normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never post anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys know what to do. If you want to learn how we build a million dollars in online assets, starting with high ticket drop shipping, build assets, online.com slash playbook is where you need to go. Um, I mean, that's that's about it. Mike, anything you got to say? Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Build Assets Online Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget, subscribe, share, and leave us a rating on whatever platform you might be listening from. And if you're ready to learn how to build your own online business portfolio, start now by visiting buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. We'll see you in the next episode.